Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And today, we are diving into a look at some of the best teams outside of the top 10. We're going to call this the most dangerous teams outside the top 10 that have not yet been ranked. And this is the boys edition of the podcast. But before we jump straight into it, we're going to be running down each classification, two to three teams in each classification with their record, top wins, little notes here and there. But before that, I did want to announce that March 20th, that is 3-20-2022, at Chester T. High School, the Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase will be tipping off travel ball season for players. It's uh, the first true Sunday right after the, um, the the state championships of the GHSA season uh, concludes. So not not the very next following day Sunday, but that first that full week that next Sunday, uh, we will be having a showcase for boys and for girls individual player camp. You can find the information at sandyspiel.com and of course on my Twitter at kylesandy355. But as of right now, looks like. From 10 a.m. to maybe about 2 p.m. or so, we're going to have our girls, and then the boys will come in from about 4 to 8 p.m., and we're going to have former college coaches there helping uh, direct camp, coach the players. Uh, obviously, I, I plan on having a couple colleges in attendance do the best I can to use my connections to get some schools out there to watch these players. And, uh, you know, we're just going to have a fun time and get these kids some more exposure. And, uh, of course, um, Something brand new, Sandy Spiel exclusive t-shirts. The first time ever Sandy Spiel apparel has been on sale. Will be on sale at the event. Also part of a package. You can register for $100 or you can register for the 120 package where you do get to get a Sandy Spiel t-shirt, red, black, or gray. Get them while supplies last. So I look forward to seeing everybody at Chesapeake High School in Gainesville, Georgia on March 20th. More information on that, of course, as we get closer and closer. But let's get into what we are here to talk about today. The most dangerous teams outside of the top 10 that have not yet been ranked. Boys edition. We will start in Class 7A. Obviously, this is a team that has been drawing some attention. Hillgrove in Region 3. They are 14-1. and Um... Greg Moultrie has already done a good job there turning that program around. I mean, of course, Ed Morris, one of the all-time greats in Cobb County history, so do not throw any type of dirt on the resume that Ed Morris had over there, making it to the state playoffs literally pretty much every single year. So Ed Morris, one of the all-time greats that will always go down in Cobb County history as a legend. So it's always tough to replace a legend, but Moultrie has done a good job. Now he has had some transfers move in, Leiden Pate. Um, was at Tri-Cities and went to Banneker last year, then tried to move back to Tri-Cities, and then that didn't work out, and now he's at Hillgrove. So that obviously helps out Robert Dix. That whole transfer situation did not work out following his head coach from South Cobb to Hillgrove. Ineligible, now he's playing at TSF. And then they did have another move in, Jeremiah Wilkinson, who came over from Campbell, who's a really good sophomore guard. So it always helps when you're allowed to bring in some pieces to uh, you know, make that roster a little bit stronger. But there were some good, talented players that were already in the mix. Isaiah Pettigrew is a six foot six forward. Um, that is, uh, you know, a key piece for them around the rim. Um, and just looking at what Hillgrove's done in that Region Three, Region Three, 
let's be honest, one of the worst regions in Class 7A this year. It's it's really bad. And last year it was it was pretty good. Like North Paulding had a great season. Walton was you know really strong. Um, but right now we're looking at how the 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 standings currently currently sit. Um, Hillgrove and Walton are both three and zero in the region, but Walton's eleven and seven. Uh, they've won six in a row, but nowhere near as good as what they were last year. Harrison seven and eleven. Marietta's four and fourteen. North Cobb four and thirteen. North Paulding five and thirteen. Uh, so Hillgrove should win out. Should go undefeated in this region and um, set up to uh, you know get a really nice seed and see what happens come state tournament time. But Hillgrove not yet in the state rankings in the top ten and. For the reasons I just mentioned, just just not playing very good teams whatsoever. Uh, you know, statewide, when you're looking at the top ten picture, you're not getting battle tested much at all in Region Three. So they should handle their business. They should have over twenty wins heading into the state tournament, and they should have a ton of momentum and should feel very good about themselves. But if they do get clipped by a Walton with Coach Abney, who's a really good coach, or who knows, Marcus Hood doesn't necessarily have the firepower over there at Marietta, but. He always does a good job and does have a 6'9 guy in Isaiah Nelson that can control the rim. You know, you never know what happens with some of these teams. Harrison has um, some nice individual talent as well, but if they lose to one of those teams, that that would probably really put a damper on their chances of ever getting in the top 10. But you play to win state championships. You don't play for state title or, well, state top 10 rankings, I should say. So Hillgrove should be in a good place when all is said and done. Another team in Class 7A. West Forsyth out of Region 6 are undefeated in that region. I believe they're 7-0 right now, 15-4 overall record. Um, their best win of the season, a 71-68 win over River Ridge, a team that just cracked into the top 10 pole in Class 6A. Um, this is a team that is very interesting with the size. You know, you got uh, Jake Mooney's about 6-7 going to Georgia College. A big man that can handle the ball, can shoot the ball exceptionally well from the three-point line, um, and does have a low post game and rebounds. So that you know he's a mismatch along with Grant Moore, a similar type player that's six six and jumps out of the gym. And then his little brother Will Moore um, is going to be a very good player, just a sophomore at about six four, very athletic, shoots the ball exceptionally well. Also, and then Caleb Lush, another big guard at six foot four. So they have the pieces there. What? has uh, been shown West Forsyth they have a propensity to struggle against athletic teams I saw them at my event to open up the season the Sandysville tip-off classic they had Johnson in trouble but the press ate him alive they got into foul trouble and they just could not advance the ball and could not get good shots who else has beaten them this year uh, Grovetown a very athletic talented team in 6A that game was never even close beat them by 28 points um, they lost to a you know a team from out of state in Tennessee. They played North Gwinnett, one of the better teams in Class 7A, 73-49. That game was not close with all the three-point shots they were hitting and just their size. So, you know, West Forsyth, good team, but come state tournament time, after maybe the first round, then you start seeing these athletic teams with some very good individual players, and it gets a lot tougher. Um, that region, Region 6, doesn't really have any teams that are state, you know, state playoff, state top 10, uh, you know, teams that are very scary. You know, it's been an up and down region. Denmark's good one week, bad the next week. Same with Forsyth Central, same with Lambert, same with North Forsyth. So it's really a jumbled bag. West Forsyth has been the most consistent 
out of the group. Um, but, you know, Sweet 16, Elite 8, if they get a fortunate draw, could be their ceiling. But West Forsyth, nonetheless, is a very good team uh, and is going to give teams some trouble just with that diverse size and their offensive skill set between Jake Mooney and Grant Moore, 6'7 and 6'6. Moving on to Class 6A, have two teams here. Uh, and, you know, this is a team that, if you know, it looks like they're probably, judging on what's going on right now, they're probably going to be in the top 10 um, by the time the next top 10 rankings come out. So that's something to keep in mind with all this. This is getting it out right now, but, you know, a couple days from now, some of these teams that we have mentioned that have not yet been in the top 10, that could change very quickly. But Sequoia, out of Region 7, they're 15-4. and four. They're 6-2. They're tied with Centennial um, for first place in that region, and they just beat Centennial 69-61 uh, uh, to to uh, move into that, that near the top spot now. I don't think now that – well, let me, let me get this clear. I want to make sure I, I state this correctly. Yes, they are um, tied with Centennial in Region 7, uh, but River Ridge actually – is in first place right now, so I, I'm sorry about that. I know River Ridge is, uh, has done a great job, but uh, Sequoia, 15-4, uh, tied with Centennial for second place if Max Preps is indeed correct. They just won at Centennial 69-61. to um, They do have two other really nice wins, 84-79 over Etowah, and then they did beat Grovetown 67-64 in overtime. And they have six players. I mean, Sequoia, that's how they've been good these past years. They have a lot of shooters. They move the ball very well on offense, and their defense has um, been strong enough to force turnovers when needed. But they have six players with over 15 made threes already. And they have four players averaging double figures this season. Dylan Wally averaging over 19 points per game going to Rollins College. you got Kyle Keener, who has had a very strong senior season. Probably going to start popping up on some Division Two, some Division Three radars. He's going to have a lot of opportunities to go to school, averaging close to 16 points and five assists per game. Uh, Preston Parker is the one that's really stepped up this year at 12 points per game, and then Fisher Mitchell, um, inside out, you know, six four post presence, um, shoots a three exceptionally well, can space the floor, 11 points and about six rebounds per game. So you have a strong core right there, of four guys that get the job done. Um, Sequoia is a very dangerous team just with how well they shoot the ball and if you're not disciplined on defense and you're not good with your rotations um, they're going to probably hit about eight or nine ten threes on you and you're going to be in trouble so Sequoia a team that has not yet made the top 10 but right there knocking on the door very dangerous team next up in region four Langston Hughes is nine and eight not a sexy record they haven't had too many sexy records uh lately since Landers and Ollie uh, graduated and won those state titles for them but they play a lot of good teams and they've been they've been very very tough and I think they're going to have a say in that region four Uh, they beat Grovetown a team that we've mentioned three times already 63 to 59 and they beat Edouard 53 47 in a tournament Um, and you're looking at a team so Langston Hughes they're nine and eight but five of those eight losses have been by one possession and out of those five losses Four are to top 10 teams and should be five if you consider Cumberland Christian, even though they're not GHSA, but definitely would be in the top 10 in whichever classification they've been put in. A very good team. So they've lost 49-46 at Westlake, 
54-53 to North Gwinnett, 55-54 to Tucker, 64-62 to Cumberland Christian Academy, and 65-63 to Drew Charter. So right there, that's that's five games that could have gone their way. If that's five more wins on their record, you're talking about a team that's, what, 14-3 and three right now and probably in the top three or four in Class 6A. So don't sleep on Rory Well. She always does a very good job, especially come late January, February. And then, of course, if he makes it that far to March, he's always very, very tough to beat once he gets ahead of steam in the state tournament. And this has been a team that's been anchored by their transfers. They had three transfers in the offseason. And their number one leading scorer, John McQueen, over 10 points per game, came from W.D. Muhammad. So that's their leading scorer. Their second leading scorer, Tim James, eight, or around eight points per game. Um, he came from out of state. And then Rodney, Rodney Latham, their fourth leading scorer. I think he came from Ohio, maybe. Um, again, uh, close to eight points per game. Um, but the player that I'm looking at that can really take this team deep is Kobe Davis. Now, if Max Preps is correct, um, he's down to less than seven points per game. He's going to need to pick it up. I know he just recently had a very strong game, so he might be turning the corner. But considering a, a D1 level point guard that averaged you know over 15 points per game last year, he finally looked like he was aggressive and hunting his shot and was turning that corner uh, down to less than half of that this year. I know he's got more weapons and he doesn't have more scoring burden on his shoulders, but he needs to still maintain that aggressiveness. He's he's a very good player, um, you know, off the dribble and shooting the ball from the mid range and the three point line. Um, Kobe Davis, if 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 he is only averaging about seven points per game, I'd like to see that maybe get up to ten or eleven points per game, just because he is that dynamic of a a playmaker for his team. But again, don't sleep on Langston Hughes. This is a team um, that is really close. Like I said. Five one possession losses to four of those teams being in the top 10. Next up, we will roll on down to Class 5A. And Class 5A, it gets a little trickier now. Um, we'll start in Region 4 with Stockbridge. 14-6 uh, and six overall, 6-4 six and four in that region. Uh, they're behind Eagles Landing, who's obviously number one in the state. Woodland Stockbridge. And then Jones County as well. And they have a win over Jones County, 53-48. to um, Their best win of the season. Uh, they were almost ranked at one point until they went to a, a, a skid, an 0-4 skid, uh, beginning of January, uh, at the end of that first week of January, around like the 7th or so. Uh, they lost four consecutive games, and that kind of put them out of the uh, top 10 picture. Um, but Stockbridge... They're they're doing a, a a pretty nice job. They're doing a nice job. Vernon Denmark has done a very good job of building this program back up to what it it once was, winning twenty plus games uh, every few years. And he he's doing a really good job. Stockbridge is on the right track. They have a senior Will Trammell averaging twelve points per game. Jordan Gix transfer from McDonough at nine points per game, and then a six five senior Trenton Dillard uh, a double double threat with over eight points and seven rebounds per game. So Stockbridge, um, they're they're playing well. They're they're sitting right there in that four spot. They got to make sure they get into the state tournament. Uh, of course, they don't want to slip too far behind. Uh, see if they could get even a better position. If they could get into a three seed and you know, kind of set themselves up to take care of business come uh, region tournament time, that could be a team that maybe peaks at the right level and steals a win in the first round of the state playoffs. 
And another team I want to touch on, this one is in Region 3. They're in fourth place in that region, but they're off to their best start in years. That is Coach Rev Run, Anthony McKissick over there at Creekside. He has Creekside at 12-5, and 5-3 five, five and in the region right now. They are very competitive. The Seminoles are playing very good basketball, their best win. Uh, 62-61 over Mundy's Mill, who's been a bit of a disappointment. Now, obviously, this region um, was a juggernaut last year, not as much at all this year, but Creekside is... They're handling their business. They're they're playing the top teams fairly close. They lost by six at Jonesboro, 77-71. Um, they lost by 13, 78-65 to Tri-Cities. Now they have a uh, their next game is going to be coming against Tri-Cities, so that'll be interesting to see if they can, you know, keep that game close and continue to compete. But at 12 and 5, Creekside, this is their first double-digit win season since 2016-2017. And this Creekside program has not surpassed 12 wins since 2013-14 when they won 14 games so we're talking about with plenty of ball left to be played we're talking about one of Creekside's best teams in almost shoot almost a decade um so they're right there as long as they don't let go of the rope you know they're led by a junior Melquan Jackson averaging close to 16 points per game Creekside is playing good basketball much better than what it's been in the past sometimes I've started off hot and then kind of tapered off they got to make sure they avoid that but Creekside is in a good position to get to the state tournament for the first time in what feels like a very very long time we'll move on down to class 4a and you know this has been a region I've had my eye on closely all throughout a lot of teams a lot of interesting teams a lot of very you know you know, you think you know something, then you don't know something, and then, you know, this comes here, or a team's struggling with, you know, discipline issues with players coming and going, or teams, you know, can't close out games in the fourth quarter, this, that, and the other. It's just been a whole jumbled bag of you don't know what you're really going to get in Region 8. Uh, but two teams I'm looking at that have not yet been ranked in Class 4A in that top 10. They're both out of Region 8, and this should be changing soon. Um, Madison County, 16-2 and overall. 6-1 and one in the region, tied for first after they just beat Jefferson, 67-48, a huge statement win. They also beat Cedar Schultz, who's just had just a lot of drama going on over there, beat them 67-61, and they have a 59-55 win over North Oak County. So they have handled their business. Those are three teams that I just mentioned that they beat that were all in the top 10 at one point in the season. Uh, they have a good backcourt. The two sophomores, Jay Carruth, saw him last year at the Hart County McDonald's Invitational. Uh, He looked like he could be a pretty good player, and it looks like he's really taking that next step his sophomore season. He's got some quickness to him. Uh, Mason Smith, another good sophomore with a little bit of size on the perimeter, can shoot the three, hit four threes against Jefferson. And then they have a senior guard in Peyton South. So, they're uh they definitely no one coming in the season no one maybe maybe madison county faithful but definitely outside of madison county nobody had them on the radar for being this good this quickly um and they are really playing to a high level um like i said considering how i saw them play last year just in that that hart county tournament um didn't necessarily look like they would be a top 10 team in the future anytime soon i mean they were 11 and 13 a season ago but they were seven and four in the region but now they're they're winning some close games and uh those that sophomore class is really impressive so madison county the red raiders they are really really good right now and a team in 
another team in Region 8 that was on the precipice of being ranked. East Hull, 14-5, and but they're 3-4 and in the region. They have a nice win, 64-50 over North Hull. They ended up winning the Lanier Land Championship, beat Gainesville 62-61, and they were 13-2 and at one point. Now 14-5 is not that bad, but 13-2, and and they were rolling. But that's when Christian Torres, their double-double threat inside, 6-5, got hurt, hurt his ankle or whatever it was, came out of the game against North Oconee when it was tied 10-10. to They end up losing that game by about 30 points, and they've struggled since against some tough competition. But when Christian Torres comes back healthy, don't sleep on East Hall. This could be a team that could rise to the occasion. I don't know if they're going to be able to beat Jefferson, um, but East Hall could be right there to be that maybe that two seed at the very worst possibly a three seed in that region still don't know what to expect from Cedar Shoals um even last place Chesity has been <laughs> been winning or tied in every fourth quarter until they just fall apart in the fourth quarter but they're involved in every single game and crazy stuff happens in the region tournament so even they are not necessarily a cakewalk they've pushed every team to the brink um, but Esau when they're healthy with Christian Torres Cleet Cooper big strong guard they you know very emotional leader for this team um, he can get to the basket hit some shots CJ Agbor Sangaya is another good athlete and then Levi Holtzclaw can shoot the three and you know attack a little bit off the dribble so Esau 14 and 5 Gonna have to wait to get into the top 10 because Madison County looks like they're ahead of them right now as far as the resume goes with all that. Um, but when East Hall gets healthy, that could be a team that possibly never gets ranked in the regular season. But we could see them in the top 10 in the final poll of the entire season if they get hot and make it to the Elite Eight or something like that. So that's something to keep an eye on. East Hall and Madison County out of Region 8. Let's now take a look at Class 3A, uh, we just mentioned Region 8 and 4A. Now we're going to be stuck with two teams in Region 7, staying in that northern part of the state. Region 7 in Class 3A, we have White County, who's tied for first. They're sitting at 12-7, and 8-1, riding a win streak right now, a team that played very well last year. They flirted with 20 wins a season ago. Um... They got demolished by Sandy Creek in the state tournament, but White County is a solid team. They started 1-4 this year, but now they're starting to get hot. They have a 69-67 win over North Hall, uh, which puts them in first place, tied for first place. And they do have a 70-57 win over Habersham Central, a pretty nice win. And they have a veteran core, Jaden Ye, a very good junior guard. Silas Mulligan, a senior, and Kenny Simpson, a good senior as well. So they have those guys, Tavi Simmons as well. Um, this is a team that can, you know, they can knock down some shots. Dawson Bailey can knock down some shots. Not going to have a ton of size whatsoever, at least very, very impactful size. I know they have Futch around the rim, but um, this is a team that's predicated on their guard play. And they're 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 good. They're sneaky good at getting to the basket, and they can shoot the ball. And Jaden Ye is very creative. Um, so this White County team is, again, not yet been in the top 10, but they're knocking on that door. And the team they're going to have to, you know, first take care of if they want to get into the top 10 or at least win the region is North Hall, the team that um, they beat by two points earlier in the season. North Hall is 17-3. and They have the record. They're 8-1 in the region. They hold a 61-56 win over East Hall. They beat Flowery Branch 64-54. 
Other than that, no, you know, huge great wins. Um, but Robert Terry, he's about a six foot five senior post, very strong, um, gets off the floor very well. He's averaging over 16 points per game. Sam Gailey's um, over 11 points per game, and they have four players averaging double figures. So this North Hall team is is a competitive group. They played very well. Um, you know, I, I'm sure they feel a little bit snake bit that you know they have the best record in Gainesville and Hall County right now, but they don't have a Lanier Land title to show for it. And you know, they are just tied for first place in that region, and they have not yet been ranked in the top ten. So I feel like they're probably still looking for their respect and looking to really cement themselves as the the boys program in um, Hall County right now. Uh, but North Hall is uh, off to a really good start. We'll see if they finish strong. Uh, they could be a team that could uh, you know, steal a win or two in the state tournament if they're able to capture a good seed. But, of course, it all comes down to who these teams match up with in the first round in the regions. And I don't have that in front of me right now, but that does tell a big story. But at least for what they've done in the regular season, North Hall is a team that is right there knocking on the door being in the top ten. Moving on down, another classification to Class 2A. We'll start in Region 7 with Model, 13-4, and 4-2 four, four in that region. They have a nice 62-55 win over Rome. Rome, who really wants to be in the top 10 in Class 6A, but blew a 24-point lead to Carrollton the other night, so they have to wait on that a little bit longer. But Model, a nice win over Rome. Uh, two close losses to Darlington, 46-40, and then the other loss was at Chattooga, 65-63, the thorn in their side that they can never seem to fully get rid of. But every single time those two teams play, they go down to the wire, and Model did win that region tournament last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Model, how do they get it done? Dane Fisher, a very good shooter, a uh, lethal three-point shooter at that, the senior guard. And then they have those Hurd brothers inside, Jakinas and Jermias Hurd. Jakinas a junior, six foot four, and Jermias six foot eight sophomore. So they have a lot of size and physicality between those two in Class Two A that you don't quite often see. So two big bodies and a really good three point shooter. Model is going to be battling back and forth with Chatuga all region schedule long to win that region tournament and set themselves up for a good seed in the state playoffs. Next up, a really big surprise in Region 5, Callaway, 11-4, and and they're 3-0. They graduated their top two scores last year, um, so didn't have them on my radar whatsoever. I I guess their leading returning score, uh, Devin Dow, a really good point guard, he left in the summer to go play at LaGrange, but somehow they're sitting at 11-4, and and they're 3-0 in the region. Now, Region 5 is not been very good on the boys side for a long time dating back to even when Spencer was in that region beating everybody by 40 points but Callaway is just way more athletic than the rest of that region and you know they have some talent as well I mean that you you have to have some talent to be able to beat noon in 57 45 they beat Northside Columbus 64 43 and they just clipped Heard County they're probably their main Main competition in that region, 57-55. Um, so I'm not sure how they're doing it, but you got to give a lot of credit to Callaway. They're continuing to win games. You know, this is a, a football school primarily that usually only plays about 13, 14 games in the regular season, but they're playing more of a a, a full, meaty schedule, and they're winning a lot of games. And uh, 
you know, they're doing it with guys that are definitely stepping up from a year ago when they had body and um, their other guard that graduated, but they are, uh, you know, you lose your top three guards and somehow, some way, Callaway is right there in the thick of things. That's a team that I'm going to have to start paying some close attention to to see if they're worthy for the top 10, but Cavaliers playing very good basketball right now. In Class A private, uh, we'll go back up to Region 8 this time. It's Tallulah Falls, 13-2, and 3-1 in the region. They have a 49-41 win over White County and a 50-48 win just recently over George Walton Academy. A very good, solid win for them. George Walton, who spent a little bit of time in the top 10 at one point this year. And this is just a really balanced team. Uh, Tallulah Falls gets it done with a lot of different guys. A lot of different guys. Got about four or five guys that can lead them in scoring any single night. Uh, they're going to be led by Amphony. Uh Hannah, uh, a veteran player that has seen some big minutes and has been a top scoring option for a while now, even dating back to last year. Um, but they've done a, a good job with him. Uh, Charlie Cody has hit some big shots. Gavin Page, Devontae Allen, Lincoln Hall has come up big in the past week. So you got a very deep team right now. Uh, share the ball, death by a thousand paper cuts. Each guy can get you for about 12 or 14 points, and that's how they're winning games. And Region 8, it's better than last year, I would think, um, but we're still looking to see who can really climb up and really take that, take the reins and be a team that can make it to the Sweet 16. Right now, maybe George Walton Academy or Tallulah Falls, uh, but Tallulah Falls, that nice win over George Walton, uh, puts them in a good position right now to potentially crack the top 10 at some point in the season, but more importantly, set themselves up to maybe win a home game come state tournament time. Um, region 6, St. Francis, 9-5, 7-1 in the region. It's been a revolving door. Kids coming and going in the summer months. Here comes um, Trenton Flowers. He's there now. Trenton Flowers has transferred like three other times. He's already on his fourth or fifth school as a sophomore, so that's going well, obviously. Um, what else is going on? They've had guys, uh, you know, obvious, um, you know, they, they lost, uh, another one to Huntington prep. Uh, that was a big loss for them. And then, you know, guys transferring in, they got Ahmad Clark has been, been there since moving in from, I believe Grayson's given them eight points per game. Drew Robinson has been a, a lone holdover that's been there since day one, averaging 10 points per game. But, uh, you know, it must be nice to just pick up all state level town in the middle of the season. Jason McCullough just leaves Roswell and just, oh, I'm just going to go and be automatically eligible and just start to play at St. Francis. And he's a leading scorer, averaging close to 16 points per game. So, you know, the amount of midseason transfers, it's just been, it's been terrible. It's been awful with the offseason transfer with 200 plus kids. And now uh, we've seen like 10 or more kids just move in the middle of the season, just jump ship from one team to go to another team just because you know, for whatever reason. But it just must be nice to be adding Division One talent in the middle of the season. It always helps out a lot. So that makes St. Francis a dangerous team. Uh, their best win was their first win of the season, 60-59 to in overtime against Collins Hill. So not a... Not a sparkling win considering how Collins Hill did not even have their football players. And then they lost by three points to Mount Pisgah fairly recently, 54-51. So 
Don't know what's going on at St. Francis. Maybe they'll add some more players in the middle of the season. Who knows? Not sure when the transfer market closes. But Jace McCullough, him being there now, once he gets integrated into that offense, he is a very, very, very good player that's going to make a major difference in due time. Um, so St. Francis, 9-5, and 7-1 and one in the region. I would not necessarily close the door on St. Francis being a team that gets hot at the right time and steals a bottom-of-the-spot place in the top 10 and we will finish up with class a public uh gets a little difficult in class a public because for the most part we kind of lock down who who were the top teams but sometimes some slip through the cracks we'll look at region fours wheeler county 14 and 3 9 and 2 in the region dublin number one in that region um you know dublin clubbed them 75 to 43 but Wheeler County does have a 61-50 win at Deerfield-Windsor, a A private school that's 13-1. That was Deerfield's only loss of the season, so Wheeler County did beat them. So that's a a somewhat quality win right there. Sounds pretty good. And they did beat Dooley County, a competitive team, 55-50. So Wheeler County, a team, need to see them string together some more wins. And, of course, we don't want them getting beat by 32 points by Dublin. Um, but Wheeler County could be a team that kind of slides into the bottom of the pole. And then in Region 8, Washington Wilkes, they're 10-4, and 2-2 two and two in the region. They have no losses to bad teams, but they just don't have any very good wins whatsoever, so they're in that precarious position. Uh, they lost twice to Thompson, 81-58 and 70, uh, 74-91, uh, so they lost both games to them, a team ranked in the top 10, in class 3a and then also um they lost 63 to 59 to towns county the defending state champs who were in the poll for a second and lost to commerce and just got bounced out recently and then they got beat 72 39 at social circle the number two ranked team in the state undefeated but they do have washington wilkes that is four players averaging double figures and they do have a really talented senior in five foot ten dalen cobb a freak athlete averaging over 19 points per game he's explosive and he can carry this team so Washington Wilkes a team I don't know if they'll make it into the top 10 ever but when you do have a star player like Dale and Cobb you do have a chance to maybe make some things interesting come region tournament time and beyond if you're fortunate enough to make it to the state tournament so that is a look at some of the the most dangerous teams outside of the top 10 that have not yet been ranked about two teams from each classification breaking it down. So keep an eye on these teams. Again, some will rise to the occasion and some will taper off. And rising to the occasion doesn't always necessarily mean making it to the top 10. This could be a team that makes it to the state playoffs and gives somebody a good game or makes it to the Sweet 16. But these are teams, you might not hear a whole lot of them, whole lot about them on sandyspill.com, at least with the rankings. But don't be surprised if come state tournament time, these teams you know, steal a win or two here and there. So that wraps it up. Look forward to doing this for the girls' side next week. The most dangerous teams outside of the top 10 that have not yet been ranked. Follow along at KyleSandy355 on Twitter and at Sandy Spiel. And, of course, SandySpiel.com. Keep an eye on the March 20th Sandy Spiel Spring Showcase event coming up. And, of course, we will have some more stuff as region play gets deeper and region tournaments are right around the corner. So stay safe, stay away from all that snow that just hit us recently, and I will see you in the gym.